Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday. It is the 3rd of June. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. A man shot two women to death and apparently killed himself outside of a church in Ames last evening. The Story County Sheriff's Office say the man killed the two women outside the Cornerstone Church. That's a megachurch on the outskirts of Ames. Investigators did not know the ages of those killed. Nicholas Lenny with the Sheriff's Office spoke to WHO-TV. Uh, the investigation at this point reveals that the shooting took place outside. Uh, we know uh, that the uh, suspected shooter at this point is a male individual. We also have uh, two other deceased individual victims um, that were shot. We believe they were shot outside in the parking lot as well. We received the uh, 911 call at about 6.51 this evening. The Sheriff's Department says it will release more details on the shooting at a news conference later this morning. The church is near Interstate 35, about 30 miles north of Des Moines. The Sheriff's Office did not identify those killed or give details about what might have led to the shooting. Elections officials say it is likely too late for Iowans to put their absentee ballots in the mail for next week's primary elections. IPR's Katarina Sestarek has more. Clayton County Auditor Jennifer Garms says she recommends voters hand-deliver their absentee ballots to their county elections office. So just to have that peace of mind for a voter, I would get that to the auditor's office. That's because absentee ballots now have to be received by the county auditor by the time polls close on election day to be counted. For this primary election, that deadline is next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Garm says Iowans who have an absentee ballot can also surrender it at their polling place on election day next Tuesday and vote in person instead. County election offices are open this Saturday for early in-person voting in addition to their regular hours. Polling places are open Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. for those who wish to vote on primary election day. The Des Moines area food pantry seeing its numbers rise again after Iowans who are food insecure lost extra assistance benefits this past April. Matt Unger is the CEO of the Des Moines Area Religious Council. He says after the extra supplemental nutrition assistance program benefits ended April 1st, the food pantry saw a 42 percent increase compared to April of 2021. He says rising cost of food has had a huge effect in the last few months. 32% of these are, are children. They're not They're not even of working age. And then a, another 13% are retired seniors. So like, like Ron was saying, the folks who can work are working. This is not a problem of people not working. This is a problem of people not getting paid enough. Hunger made his comments on IPR's River to River. An Iowa City program aimed at teaching black history to black students outside of school is having a graduation next week. IPR's Grant Gerlach spoke to a parent who sent his daughter to the program to learn things she wouldn't learn in school. A group of up to 25 black girls from Iowa City and Des Moines has been meeting virtually outside of their normal middle and high school classes to learn about everything from African civilizations to local black business owners. Andre Wright's eighth grade daughter took part in the program. He says teachers are less likely to talk about race and racism in school after a state law was passed restricting how those lessons can be taught. We're building our own infrastructure, and if they're going to have these laws that pass that allow um, us not to 
to teach these types of things in school, then we'll just teach them ourselves. Monday evening, 10 students will graduate from the very first Ethnic Studies Leadership Academy. The event at the Engler Theater in Iowa City doubles as a fundraiser for future programs and an effort to promote ethnic studies in Iowa schools. Dubuque officials say a black bear has been hanging around the northeast part of the city for about the last month, and the DNR is urging people to be aware and take away food sources like bird feeders, pet food, and garbage cans. And if you see a bear, they say don't run away, just back away slowly. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. Agriculture is a big emitter of greenhouse gases, which are the biggest driver of climate change. But some farmers are taking on the issue by trying to sink the air's carbon into the ground. The Food and Environmental Reporting Network's Eve Abrams reports on how. Dave Bishop has been farming in Atlanta, Illinois, since 1978. His organic farm, Prairie Earth, grows wheat and all kinds of vegetables, like kale, beets, tomatoes. Dave grows crops every month of the year, but the farms surrounding him in every direction don't. From spring through October, you see something green and growing. Other six months of the year, the factory's doors are shut. Meaning nothing's growing, no plants sucking up carbon. We operate the land for six months and then we just let it sit there bare naked and wash away. Now tell me how that makes any sense. What other business operates like that? (laughs) Dave's answer to this naked, underutilized land is cover crops. His mix includes two kinds of clover, cereal rye, hairy vetch, buckwheat, and field peas. Like all plants, Dave's cover crops take the one thing we really don't need in our atmosphere, the biggest contributor to the warming of our planet, carbon dioxide. They take it out of our air and hold it in their cells and the soil. Your cover crops are an example of how you're taking green matter, carbon essentially, which is what it's all made up of, and you're keeping it here. You're not letting go of it. Now, there are other plants that sink carbon continuously without having to be planted each year. Trees. Ben Brownlow farms in Rutledge, Missouri on Fox Holler Farmstead, where he raises pigs, turkeys, ducks, chickens, goats, cows, and trees. One poorly timed flood or drought can sink somebody who's raising a field of corn or a field of beans. Trees, once they're established, can weather that a lot better. Ben's trying to figure out how to sink the most carbon into the ground while raising food. If I fall down and get eaten by the pigs tomorrow, the trees are still going to continue the work that I started. They are more dedicated to sequestering carbon than I am. And, like, there's something poetic about planting trees, right? We're standing in the shade under a bunch of trees. Hazelnuts, Asian pears, apples, and chestnuts. If you're trying to sequester as much carbon with a piece of land as possible in our climate, this sort of temperate North American climate, A 20% canopy to 80% grass has the most photosynthetic surface. 
For those of you who don't speak plant, that's 20% tree canopy and 80% grasses or what have you underneath in order to capture and sink the maximum amount of carbon. Ben says sinking carbon is the best way to offset agriculture's greenhouse gas emissions, which account for 10% of total U.S. emissions. So Ben is experimenting, trying to figure out how we can save ourselves from the climate catastrophe that is inevitable. But there's also like, what are the positive things we can do to sink carbon into the soil? Most farmers aren't actively trying to sequester carbon. In fact, nationally, only 4% of U.S. cropland has cover crops. When it comes to trees, we don't know exactly how many farmers are planting them. Last month, the U.S. Department of Agriculture concluded a survey from 11,000 farmers and ranchers to find out more. Regardless of what that data shows, Ben says he'll keep experimenting with trees. That stuff is exciting for me. It's overwhelming to think of how many people would have to do that at what scale um, to make a dent. But, you know, that keeps me um, from being too depressed to think about, about those possibilities. Carbon sequestering isn't a magic bullet, but nearly half of U.S. land is used for agriculture which means farmers have the potential to make a very big impact. For the Food and Environment Reporting Network, I'm Eve Abrams. And this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great weekend.